man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we did any recording of any kind, hasn't it? Carter, you are frozen already, dude. It's the time of ice. Yeah. All right. Well, I know it's like slipping into a pool of warm water full of my friends. Friends, it's it's very good to be back on the podcast. It's me, Carter. <laughs> Broadcasting from the center of a black hole. God damn it, Carter! You're fucking this up, dude. As I've missed the past couple of these, we've also got um, posted through it. The Illuminary Bill joining us from Evanston, right? That's where I am. Yep. Oh fuck me. All right, and then and, are yeah. you are you not getting me at all? Oh no, it's just the usual. Are, are you not getting me at all? This is all. just indicative of how your winning streak has this stayed alive. Not. It's all of these fucking <laughs> internet outages. All right. Anyways, while the meatball tries to figure out his ISP, hold on. Uh, big brain plays happening. Oh, and we lost him. All right. Well, this is Pitcast. It is September. Uh, a couple of days past Labor Day, and we have Case Grissom from Nashville and Lord Bill from Evanston and from deep space beaming in live via satellite is Carter Petray. <laughs> yeah, my my inglorious return, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, Carter, uh, before you got sucked into a black hole, we were discussing how long it had been since we'd recorded I know I'd, I'd actually really missed doing this thing. Um, it kind of, it kind of leaves, it kind of leaves a hole. I've been doing a lot of zoom. I mean, I'm sure everyone couldn't say the same, but you know, since my trade school has been a mix of, of online and hybrid classes, I've been interacting with zoom a decent amount, but honestly, my relationship with zoom kind of started with, doing these podcasts. This is how, this is kind of how I associate zoom, not with work, but like with catching up and hanging with my friends or like I associate it with playing webcam games of magic, you know? So I haven't liked using it in a professional. (laughs) I'm back into the black hole. Bill, what have you been up to, man? I haven't seen you in a long time, dude. Yeah. Lurking on the discord, but I haven't played a lot of magic lately other than, some with my kids, but, uh, yeah. How's that going? How's the training going? Oh, it's going all right. They, uh, it's funny. My, my daughter's 10 recognizes time twister. She knows that's my favorite card and yeah, she knows, she knows that when I play it, I'm probably going to take all the rest of the turns. <laughs> um, she's, she's learning. Wait, so you're not even holding back. You're playing the P nine against your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally. That show not works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you and you and Mr. Punts. 
uh, who who uh, we will, as usual, protect his his uh, real identity. But you and Mister Punts are training the future generation. <laughs> I know he'll he'll put up some photos every now and then. And uh, oh man, he's posted some savage pictures of his of his daughter like magicking a shiv and. <laughs> and then Case, Case, how you doing, man? I'm doing quite well. Um, what have you been up to, dude? I haven't seen you in quite a long time. Yeah, we uh, we down here in Nashville have. Uh, I don't know. We've we've kind of had a hard go of it. We had a tornado hit us at the beginning of March, and then uh, a pandemic just after that. But yeah. we all we all made it through pretty well. Um, Unfortunately, bootleggers was unable to be held this summer, and instead, I don't really know what we did. I think we just, uh, you know, gave everybody on the internet a raspberry and cried into our beers here. So yeah, yeah, we ended up punting on the uh, doing the old school ball as well. It's just going to have to be delayed by you know x number of years. Yeah, but uh, no, personally, I'm like a little bit loving this. I'm an introvert. I don't mind working from home. Oh, it's great. Traffic's perfect. Yeah. The pandemic's very bad, (laughs) but, but I myself have had an okay time. Are you guys getting, have you done any kind of small get togethers at all? Or is, are you guys doing everything online? So we've not really done anything organized in person yet. Um, we're kind of keeping a lookout to see if that's possible and when that might be possible. Um, we're figuring out everybody's germ pool and all that. Um, if we do do something, it'll be outside. People will be wearing masks and all that, but no, everything we've done in the past, uh, I guess six months has all been online. And as you know, you know, some of the, some of the people in the group, you know, don't do the webcam stuff. So we're missing some, uh, we're missing some uh, familiar faces, but they're always around. <laughs> in in spirit, I mean, yeah. and in chat rooms. Yeah, see, that's what Jacob will likely say. He's like, you know, none of these online tournaments really matter because I don't join them, you know? So, yeah. you, don't, so you don't have the stiffest competition in all of them. <laughs> So 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 Carter, you've uh, you've dropped the video component and now you're just you're just calling in via ham radio. <laughs> Yeah, you're just gonna get my lovely uh, disembodied voice, which which seems to be working uh, this, a little bit better. So we'll just try to move forward from here. Somehow your somehow your quality is even more wretched than that time Charlie was walking up a mountain, <laughs> yeah. trying to point his phone at a satellite. How <laughs> so you just... crash the online tournaments? Audio only. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, theater of the mind is what this is. <laughs> yeah, I like to you know. <laughs> I, I go by a trust system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, God damn it. Yeah. That's a good segue. Why don't we launch into the discussion or just a quick, very quick recap of uh, Carter. Why don't you just set up for us the uh, Labor Day, Labor Day shenanigans that we had? Well, sure. Um, Codename Punts, one of the, uh, one of the <laughs> running lords, um, decided that yeah, he, he just kind of reached out to everyone on the, on the discord and said, Hey, let's kind of do like an impromptu five rounds of Swiss thing on labor day. He's really good at kind of reading the temperature of the, of the room and like kind of knowing when, cause like he was the one who put the quarantine cup together. So he kind of knows like when exactly people need to get 
together, you know, like, okay, enough time doing our own thing has elapsed. It's time to like, it's time to call a family meeting, you know, so to speak. So we all, uh, I I think it ended up being what, maybe 15 or or 16 of us? 13, lucky 13. 13. Okay. Um, And they cleverly had little discord channels that were the names of bars that we used to go and play at some of which actually are not even in business anymore as I'm, as oh, I'm sure the podcast before. Um, and it was to date, I think the most fun I've had playing over cam because it was all, it was because even having like a lovely experience with someone who you haven't met before, there's a lot of, chit chat. There's a lot of meet and greet. Oh, my name's Carter. I, you know, do this and that. This is just exclusively great pals. So you immediately start roasting each other, immediately get the ball rolling. And it was, yeah, it was just like so easy and fun and such a great way to spend an afternoon. Plus we got to see Danny's luscious locks. Danny, I absolutely commented on Danny's hair when I saw him. I'm like, this is bullshit, dude. How do I just lose it all and you get everything? Yeah, man. Yeah, Danny's got long hair now. It was it was a pleasure to see. I'm working on that myself for the corner. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're last, looking pretty uh, frosty. Yeah, the last haircut I had, I think, was in February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a good time to reinvent your personal appearance. As dudes, we don't get to make like huge cosmetic changes, you know. Yeah. And in this case, it's really just a failing to groom myself. <laughs> it's it's truly really, it's just a it's not an effort, it's just kind of a lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah, just letting nature run its course, letting things go to seed. Boy, I've I've been letting myself go. That's <laughs> that's uh, something. Uh, so anywho, unfortunately, this this friendly family get together turned into a bit of a f- spike fest, and uh, Carter took it down with his almighty atog pile. Well, the only reason I played it is because I had it sleeved up already for the Nashville tournament. You know, it's not like I have anything to prove after winning Lord's House. You know, it was mostly just a matter of sheer convenience, and I assumed that someone would be able to beat me. Nah, it didn't happen. It wasn't going to be me, dude. I got fucking bald in that last round. I was holding, 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 try, try Sarah's in my hand with like one land in play. I do. That experience did make me think for a second, you know, you, you like, you know, those like scenes during the movies where like it kind of zooms in on the bad guy and you think like, oh, is there like the slightest bit of like contrition? Does he feel bad about like all the horrible things that he's done? And I did think after the end of those five rounds, like, have I gone too far? Like, have I been spiking too much during quarantine? And then I thought, no, no. these are my favorite people to beat at magic. What am I talking yeah. about? And I mean, like you weren't even the only ATOG player because little Greg seems to be boarding the short bus and, and trying to his hand with the ATOGs as well. Oh yeah, join 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 the kings. He was playing the white variant with uh, lions and swords and disenchants and shit like that. I think people were playing uh, good decks, but they everyone had their own twist on what might be a familiar archetype. Like you, for example, you know you can't just play straight up white weenie like we did back in 2015, 16. No, I mean you. I would say understand. White yeah, yeah, yeah. White. 
on a deeper level. Few few choice blue cards were added to the mix. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good it was a good field. There was uh, Andy was on a Arabian rug aggro. Um, Bob had a white prison stew. Danny had a uh, you know a, a dirtily control deck. <laughs> Probably had my favorite deck. Or excuse me, Mister Punts. God damn it, we'll have to edit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Punts had my probably favorite deck, which was basically five C ramp and then like a bunch of fat creatures. That's that's hitting me where I live. I like that sound of that. Yeah, yeah, they were they were all like all the decks were kind of like very distinctive archetypes, stuff that we're familiar with, but were like yeah, they kind of had everybody's flair. My my favorite deck was probably Velasco's black green deck that he's played a lot, like the yeah. kind of berserk splashing Darylor deck but playing against berserk um which is something that i haven't i feel like i haven't done a lot but jesus that card puts the fear of god in you yeah you, you know? never know when it's coming baby it does, it, you do feel like when they are holding three cards that you could just die at any moment and i actually picked up two more ce copies of the card through you know as i've done you know shopping therapy on myself during <laughs> quarantine yeah um so i'm gonna i'm definitely inspired by by him and other other lists with berserk that i've seen and i kind of want to pull the trigger on the fourth and really fucking go ham does it make you think that avoid fate is maybe worth a sideboard slot ever yeah that card is um that card's really bad it's pretty bad it seems like something that would that would fit, you know? Like you kind of imagine the situations where it's really good, but situational counterspells in old school, I just don't think really cut the mustard. And I agree. We have an old tradition in Nashville of slyly suggesting a known a, a known bad card just <laughs> to see if we can get other people to try it. Oh yeah, yeah. So we don't want to take the plunge ourselves. You see. It's, that's too, oh, yeah, yeah. it's it's too often that it just shows up in your opening hand and sits there dead. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. Draw it on turn sixty nine when you need an answer. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't. Um, it like you 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 need it right when you need it, and at all other times, it's just a massive uh, liability. Also, like imagine the turn where you're like really going to go off. You need like giant growth, giant growth, berserk, and then the fourth green for avoid fate is gonna be the one that saves your ass. Like quad green, baby. Yeah, I'm not sure. You might as well just slam a force of nature. You know who's been on a, a sneaky binge lately has been our uh, Ian, our boy Ian Blank. He was showing us all of his recent pickups oh, in the pit, and he, during the quarantine, he's gotten like three pieces of power and like seven or eight duels, including four underground seas and some others, I think badlands. Oh yeah. And I forget which pieces of power he's gotten, but um, I think he's gotten a couple, I don't want to misquote, but yeah, he's gotten like, yeah, a handful of power as well. So he's just been on a major tear powering yeah. up the tricks brew of his. Yeah. You, you love to see that. Um, was that kind of your initial buying or any of y'all's initial buying process where you're just like slamming down three pieces of power to start getting the duels, like getting, you know, good, like 40 to 50% of the deck and then kind of finishing it in- incrementally. 
I like the I like the idea of just kind of pulling the trigger one day and deciding, okay, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> well, Bill, I remember when you started hanging out with us a little bit, you kind of got things in in step, right? Yeah, I had the time twister and the ancestral from back in the nineties. Nice. And and then never got the rest of the power. And I picked up CE um I don't know, a couple of years ago when I first found old school and yeah. slowly, slowly upgraded that to unlimited, finished that about a year ago. So a, yeah. What was your last piece that you got? <sighs> last piece was uh emerald, I think. Oh man, the lowly emerald. Yeah, well, <laughs> that didn't seem likely to price bike as much as the other ones. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, come on, man. That's the best one. <laughs> That's the one that gets you the turn one pixie, no right, Carter? The, the Carter yeah. and Grant, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you so, ever need, if you ever need, an, if you ever need yeah, an yeah, unlimited, cool. if you ever need an unlimited emerald or ruby, Grant, <laughs> you're, you're never more than like a month away from Grant having them for sale. <laughs> the churn, as I like to call it. Yeah. yeah. Is he, he's, he's always about to sell the same one that he bought. <laughs> All right, we got to tell this story because it's too good to not tell. Uh, Carter, I miss not being able to see your your smiling face because it just makes it funnier to to see as you remember this and light up. But sorry, Grant's, <laughs> Grant's selling this ruby. Oh, you know. Not all the phrase, not all Frazier signatures are created equally, right? Some of them are just kind of, just that little bloop. <laughs> he just kind of, he grazed the card with a pen and made his mark. It looked like somebody put the pen in his hand, then he had a seizure. Oh, <laughs> the pen was attached to a magic card. <laughs> oh, no. You know, God damn, it was the ugliest little tiny thing you'd ever seen. I don't know. I, there's no end to the story. He was just trying to sell it and everybody was just ripping him to shreds for selling the, the world's ugliest Ruby. <laughs> so it's like, of course that would be the one that he's selling. Just like the one yeah. with the most wretched Dan Frazier. Yeah. And like, the, I was like, otherwise MP, right. It just had this one evil brand. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's an unlimited brewery. It's just a beautiful card, like in general, you know, but like, of course, he had to wind up with the absolutely random. Oh, poor Grant. Like, I, I can't even tell you. It was barely like a D. Like a, even even ascribing like one letter to it would be. Yeah. It was impossible to tell what it was, what it said. <laughs> and I think and I think I remember posting like, nice Ruby. At least it doesn't have the word. Oh, that's At least it doesn't have the worst damn Frazier signature of all time on your unlimited <laughs> Ruby. Well, anyway, Case, what was the first? What was the first and last pieces of Power Nine that you got? So, I cheated. Wait, you didn't buy Grant's Unlimited Ruby, did you? No, okay. I'm, not, I'm not into signatures. <laughs> oh, if that, did that, yeah, if that qualifies as a signature, yeah. Well, for good reason, I guess. Are now, you- I, um, so my magic journey didn't really ever involve power until I started old school in 2017. And in 2017, I found an open, complete set of CE on Facebook of all places and just, just pulled the trigger on it. And that is the most money I've ever spent on the internet in one shot. But 
Shortly thereafter, CE sets really went up in price. So I I didn't get in on the ground floor, but um, I got in when I needed to get in and do so comfortably. So first and last would be, I guess, all of them. But, wow. So you, you got them all at once, though, and that's a power play right there. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like within months of me going to the first Nashville meetup. And that was certainly... I guess that solidified things for me going forward. Huh. So it so wait, it was a complete set of um or just a complete set of collector? Yeah. Did you, did you um, break it apart and like sell things you didn't need or I did. Um foolishly. I yeah. sell, I sold the dual lands first, but that got me a library playset of berserks um and a few other things that I Oh, and a mana drain. So, like, it was worth it. Um, I'm still sitting on a stack of commons and uncommons that I'm trying to get rid of, but you can't give those things away. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, It's. A, I mean, it's a very niche. It's, like, as niche as it gets, right? Trying to find people that want to buy collector, collector edition cards. And individual ones. Yeah. They do make for great prizes, like I mean, they look amazing. I mean, they look, they look reaching awesome. to the choir. Yeah. I, uh, I believe they used the beta plates for everything. So like they're precisely beta on the fronts. And that's, that's why I love them. Beta has always been the end all be all of a magic card for me. Yeah. I have a lot of mixed beta and CE play sets. Looks a lot better than unlimited in my opinion. So yeah. And I never happy, happy to have the CE. I love the, I, I just love that you went in all at once. Those are, those are always the stories that I appreciate. Just like, this is the most money I've spent on the internet. Here we go. Was there any, was there any like tinge of regret when you sent that PayPal check or were you like, I feel a hundred percent about what I'm doing here? I felt probably 95%. Uh, that other five was, I don't know this other human being. <laughs> so we'll see if I get something in the mail. Okay, but but it wasn't it wasn't like the purchase of that thing that you were unsure about. The, the no, I, no, I've I've felt less good about smaller purchases. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, I've definitely felt worse about like shirts that I've bought for fifty dollars than I have for magic cards because oh, yeah, I don't know. Been I'm down like, down past Al Qaeda at all recently, Carter? Oh man, I wish, I wish. Uh, no, money has been kind of tight for me. So that uh, Al- Alcala's, the, the, he's talking about the Western wear store on Chicago is a oh. massive temptation. It's like, I don't know. It's like dragging an alcoholic, you know, outside of, of, of a bar or something. I, I just, I just can't be around it. It's just, it's too much. They're well, gonna- I mean, we like like we've said before, we've got to steal you away down here to Music City so you can uh, uh, basically just take up residence in Robert's Western World. <laughs> Man, I was so looking forward to that with the um, with the bootleggers ball this year is to like go and get my first pair of cowboy boots like in Nashville. I was totally planning that out. I wanted to go with like you and, and Derek and Finney and stuff. Ah, yeah. be all right. It'll be all right. It's just delayed. Grat- it's just delayed satisfaction. Gra- delayed oh, yeah. gratification. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's still on the books. It will still happen at some point in the future. 
100%. But I, I, I see you coming away with that. It's the dead of winter in Chicago. You're wearing shorts, a tank top, your bandana, and cowboy boots just tromping through the slush and the snow of the streets <laughs> of Chicago. Everybody's talking at me. Yeah. <laughs> Hit a word I say. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay. Anyway, speaking of, uh, um, well, actually, to sort of set the scene here, uh, speaking of the windy city of Chicago, today is kind of the first day that we felt the, um, the chill, the chill of autumn. Yeah. Which means that for us, Chicago old school players and Nashville old school players, that the Ice Age is upon us. Yeah, it's, it's going to be getting frosty soon. It is. It's going to be getting frosty. So a big reason why um, we had you on here tonight, Case, is you wrote this incredible article that you posted on the Music City Old School website, a kind of big unveiling. This is, I, I kind of remember, uh, <laughs> I remember when Jayco did this on Eternal Central, it was like, introducing middle school. I feel like you guys have uh, have ripped the uh, ripped the bow off, um, and you guys have uh, unveiled this uh, this well kept secret between you friends, which is the alpha through alliances format. Can you give us a um, a quick overview before we start going deep on some of these cards? Yeah, sure. So um, every Christmas we've done a uh, tournament here in Nashville. Started with like six, you know. Uh, 12 or 13 of us at a coffee shop one Christmas. Um, but when, when we began doing that, we wanted to break away just a little bit outside of the, the normal EC uh, bounds that we were, uh, we were comfortable with, I'll say. And um, Old School 95 was a, was a nice place to start. And so our first Christmas event was a, uh, uh, an Old School 95 event. We, this was before consultation was restricted. So mm -hmm. um, it was, it was a, a wretched, wonderful <laughs> event. Oh yeah, um, Mom was winning a lot more games back then. Yeah, <laughs> but no, so we did that. We, we added Ice Age and, uh, and Homelands and that got a really good reception. Um, yeah. It was a fantastic event. So the year after, which is this past Christmas, we decided to go whole hog and add alliances as well. And the overall sort of uh, uh, timbre of magic sort of changes when you get to Ice Age, and then it changes again when you get past alliances into Mirage. But with alliances all the way back to Alpha, you still have that high fantasy Dungeons and Dragons feel to everything. Mm -hmm. And so, we kind of felt that not only did the flavor really fit going all the way through alliances, which is what, 96? Yeah. yeah. Alliances and Mirage. Yeah, there, so. Okay. But not only did the flavor fit together pretty nicely, um, the format itself in terms of playability and card availability and strategies that are, either created a new or improved upon just really added a whole new dimension to, uh, to old school magic. Um, and so 
we've kind of been kicking things around here and there. We definitely did it last Christmas. We intended to do it this Christmas as well. Um, but I think the ball really got rolling when scryings happened. And we did that, uh, a few of us did that Lord's event with you, um, with you guys uh, that included scryings. And that kind of, that kind of really got the juices flowing. It's like, yeah, this is, this is kind of what we want to do more of. So here recently we've been, we've been talking it up. I decided to put together that article, which is really only just like one really good paragraph and then just a bunch of card names. So thank you for the effusive <laughs> praise. But um, <laughs> what, um, yeah. so I, I guess I have a, I have a couple questions, but, but firstly, just with respect to alliances, what was your earliest discussion as a group about force of will and what did you want to do with it? And then what did you end up doing with it? So we knew that force of will was kind of going to be a big deal. There were going to be a lot of big deals in alpha alliances. Like just, we, we know necro, we know brainstorm force of will naturally slots into there. Um, just talking through it, I guess we, we spice pretty hard, but we do it seriously. Um, and we just really didn't pay a lot of attention to force of will in terms of like what impact it would have on the game. And the more we thought about it here in the last several weeks and the more we've discussed this, I think it's going to be fine. Like there's going to be some times when it's going to be a blowout for somebody that's comboing off, but it would be no more of a blowout than it would be someone just tapping two blue for a counterspell. Um, and the reason I say that is because going off early in alpha alliances is, you know, turn four, I guess. You know, there's no turn one win. There's no turn two win. Like, it's it's going to be, for lack of a better term, balanced, I guess. Um, but I know some of you play Vintage and Legacy. I do not. I dipped my toe very, very slightly into Legacy in 2017 and realized I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But um, a lot of people... <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said with no amount of derision whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Um, I could go into all that, but I won't. Um, yeah. We've, uh, you know, we've had some discussions about like force of will itself and like where it's good and what makes it even better. And the lack of like fetch lands and the lack of a critical mass of blue cards um, that are good on their own. Uh, is is really what uh, I think brings Force of Will down to not a normal card, but just a, a card that is maybe no better than, you know? Well, in general, I like the take of um, let's just see what happens before um, before we restrict anything. Right. If I, you know, if you think about it, yeah, there's a very abusive play pattern of going ritual, necropotence, draw 12 cards, force whatever you do. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta see how that actually plays out. You gotta see how, what, what, you know, what are the archetypes that people play? Uh, you know, is that maybe the most powerful thing to do in the abstract? Yes. But, you know, it's all, uh, it's all in context, you know, in theory, 
the deck was the best thing you could do in old school. Nothing was even close to, to the deck. And then people put four Black Vices and four Ankh of Mishra's in their deck. And suddenly those cards, which, you know, weren't such a big deal, kind of caused the, the, you know, Colossus to topple a little bit. So Right. And so cards like uh, Brainstorm and Force of Will really go together well. But in newer formats, you have uh, other cards that also go together well that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a, a Ponder and, and, and those types of things. But like Ice Age and Alliances and Homelands just don't have those. They have Portent and they have Clairvoyance and... Limduel's, uh, right? Limduel's yeah, Vault. Yeah, Limduel's Vault, which is awesome. I've been trying to play it successfully for... I don't know, 15 years now. Uh, Latin M's Legacy, that's another one. Latin M's Legacy is incredible. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we've we've tried, and then in the event that we did uh, this past Christmas, Force of Will really didn't show up a lot. I know Sonny played a stasis list, and I, he said he doesn't like Force of Will in the stasis list. So I know he's got like more to do than that brew. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's some, um, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of tempo-y lion dib counterspell based list with poor, you know, the, the kind of Delver variant, some sort of aggro control deck that that also plays some amount of force of will. I mean, we, we, we truly won't know until the, until the games play out. I, you know, in general, it is kind of a bummer to like just as a as a play pattern to like try to cast your spell when your opponent's tapped out well yeah. it's, it's one of those mind game things you know it's yeah. like yeah go for it <laughs> it's a bit it's, unf- like, it's well it's a bit unfamiliar in the old school realm right so it's it could be jarring it's kind of a, a culture shift but it yeah is. it's it's just a new new avenue of attack it's like, like having an untapped red or an untapped green just waiting for that bolt or giant growth Wait for that berserk. Protect yourself yeah. against um, against all the stupid turn one shit. Like you can actually interact with their yeah. turn one ancestral. You can actually interact with their turn you know, one necro. Mox, Mox time twister or their or their or their balance and stuff. And normally you're just kind of you're total actually not kind of you're totally helpless against those super busted turn one plays. It's kind of nice. Yeah, and I I didn't want to give the impression that I mean I I think you can make a I I think it'd be great. I'd love to play it. You know, but it's, it's just kind of got me thinking it's such a cultural difference from. It know. is. And so like Ice Age adds a whole bunch, but I think because of Force of Will and maybe a couple other cards, Alliances like takes it into a whole nother gear. Um, and Force of Will is obviously the first place people like stop along the way of like, but really what is this format? Because you know, I'm in the pre-modern world. I'm in the middle school world. Um, force of will is divisive, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Feels like yeah, I force guess would be a nice safety valve for some allowing some combo decks to exist. It would be a shame to have to ban something like Storm Cauldron or you know whatever. Ninety-five gets pretty comboy once you add Ice Age, and it does. Science is just doubles down on that. Yeah. yeah. And we have much better brewers in Nashville than your guest tonight on the pit cast. 
I I am. I thought you I thought you were gonna throw shade at Carter for a second. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although adding scrib sprites to a uh, to an ATOC deck is not necessarily spicy, it is <laughs> it is a choice. It's like adding um, salt. I mean, it's you are seasoning. It's more of a seasoning than a spice. No, it's the it's the natural progression, of course. But my my where I feel most at home in Magic is the fair aggro tempo style decks that are relatively fast and and things like that. So I I don't have a very good sense of like what busted combos there are, but we've got some brains down here in Nashville that like we're we're coming up with some rad stuff, man. I don't want to spoil any of it, but it's it's wild. Yeah, I know I know last year when you guys when you guys first announced or didn't really announce, but when I, I learned of you guys doing the Alpha Duel Alliances, I was super geeked out on it. And my brain immediately went to Illusionary Mask and the Lord of Tressorhorn. Yes. So here's this badass dude that you can never put into play unless yes. it's with a mask, right? So How that's much does it cost? Uh, he's, he's one colorless and then one of each Grixis color. He's a 10-4, one black regenerate. When he enters the board, you sacrifice two creatures. Your opponent draws two cards and you lose two life. Yeah, that's why no one casts him. Yeah. But anyway, so it's like, I, I, I was all about like this, this, uh, this, you know, Grixis stew force of will, you know, his force of wills. And I can't remember if I did portents or brainstorms, one or the other, I think it was brainstorms. Um, Portent might be better, but th- then it was just all about just control and then put this dude into play and then, you know, how to go for there. it. Well, so I, it, unfortunately, when you guys had the event, it was the same day that I went out to Jackson, Michigan to play oh, yeah. up at uh, Pete Lupo's Fortress Area 51. Oh, yeah. So I know Jacob went down and battled with you guys. And played, he did. Uh, he did under- very well. Yeah. And, I think but, he was on a uh, Underworld Dreams yeah. with Necro. Yeah, that's a sick deck. It but is. um yeah, I, I did some play testing with Derek. And basically those he was on a at least when we were testing, he was playing a mono black deck, uh necro yes. deck, and it was just whoever necroed first won. It didn't matter that the everything else didn't matter. It was just whoever had the turn one or maybe turn two necro just won every mm-hmm. game. Um yeah, and then, and necro is interesting because like I personally I, I think I think it's a very skill-intensive card. It's not Yawgmoth's Bargain. It's not Pale and Life Get a Card. It's yeah. like you've got to... There's a little arithmetic to do, yeah. Yeah, you've got to figure out what your investment is and if it's... Oh, it's impossible off. to know. It's impossible to know how many cards to draw for Necro. I have no idea what's correct. It's uh, more than you think. Well, more than you think. There it is. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's usually yeah. more... Whatever your guess is, like... Plus two. plus two cards. Yeah, it's just yeah, just take as much as you want. Yeah, I'm working on something like that. Obviously, I've got the normal uh, mid rangey necro drain deck, but I'm also going the. I, I put this out on the Music City Twitter half as a joke, but like also I'm brewing it. Is the four brainstorm, four force of will, four ritual, four necro list, and then <laughs> add combo to taste. Yeah, I mean that's the baseline right there. Oh yeah, that's I, yeah. I'm going to be need to be talked off of that specifically. That's what I yeah, think. And I know uh, two of uh, your comrades up there have um, have done something like this in the past. Um, they've done the Lands Edge Necro combo. I think uh, Lorian and uh, oh yeah, yeah, he did play that. 
and, and, and another uh, who, who I cannot remember the name well, of. Well, this is actually a pretty good segue because I think Bill could give us some interesting necro tidbits. <laughs> I mean, this is in the 95 realm, not alliances, but I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty close by. It's on the same block. Yeah. My favorite was that uh, necro turbo fog variant with Zer's weirding that I played for our last 95 event. Uh, you can do some crazy stuff with Necropone. Turns out when you can draw that many cards, they don't all have to be very good. <laughs> what, what was the what was the win count on that bill? Just to, I mean, I, I vaguely remember, but I want to hear it from uh, hear hear you describe it. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, you can you can essentially make them discard their entire deck with uh, Zer's Weirding because you have a Necropotence in play, so you're never forced to draw. Mm-hmm. So. They draw, you pay two life, they discard it, and then eventually they run out of cards. And you're just gaining life from ivory towers to yeah, pay for this? Yeah. yeah, oh, and Zorbs, yeah. Yeah. So you just deck them. It's just a clever yeah, way to deck them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. On the on the topic um, of, of like boogeymen, you know, you've got Force of Will, you've got Necro, but I think slyly hidden in there as one of the most insidious cards that gets added to the old school format is Xuranor. Oh, it's not sly at all. It's going to be insane. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if ever, I don't know if it's just like a no brainer add to this every single deck. Absolutely. But the Xuranorb archetype is er, with, um, with, uh, with land tax, mm-hmm. like kind of inevitable control deck is really, really, really powerful. And I think there's probably a way to um, adjust the interaction so that you can play Force of Wills as well. There's probably like a blue-white Zurin control kind of turbo balance deck that um, that might be able to make... Well, you can definitely fit the four Brainstorms in, I would say, with the land tax. It just seems too good not to play. Yeah, in that case. Out of your deck... And then brainstorming with the uh, with the next land tax trigger on the stack to to throw the basics back in, draw three fresh ones. And the problem becomes like you have this pile of really good cards with this other pile of cards you know are already good in EC. And when you're brewing, you wind up with like a seventy-two card deck, and it's like, well, shit, what do I cut? And oh, yeah, it's it's. I know personally, I've I've found it very difficult to go down to like my my uh, uh, typical sixty one. You know, um, <laughs> it's more like a seventy three. Yeah, um, but it's it's. I think brewing this is going to be a very big challenge because you you want to play the obviously good cards like Zeranorb. Um and you're going to want to play the obvious answers to things like that, like uh, Mox Monkey, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gorilla Shaman. If, if your deck does not have at least three in the 75, it's gonna be soft. You gotta find another way to deal with some things. Um, that, that is, I think, a very powerful and a very cheap uh, way of dealing with, with Zuranorb and you know the normal, you know, set of jewelry that people run. Um, paying three to kill an ivory tower or a black vice, not so great. But, um, yeah. 
You yeah, know, if I, you play those four uh, Hercules recalls, it will help you pay for your uh, forces of will too. Exactly. Oh man, now 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 Bill's got the the brew on. Bounce that back in the discard phase. You can lose all that to Necro. In response to the discard trigger. Nope. <laughs> um, I I really wanted this to kind of go far and wide because I know that our brain power down here in Nashville is is only so much. So like I want to see what other people come up with in this format and uh, you know see what we can steal. <laughs> Well, all I want to play is Storm Cauldron and Fast Bond. I thought that was a great combo back in '96, and yeah, we've got a, uh, a, a an alumnus of '96 down here, one Mister Finney, uh, who went up to the Lord's house with you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's been threatening us to brew Storm Cauldron. Uh, <laughs> he's got like three he's just, lists, and it's he's just one. picking them up and putting them down. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I keep threatening to uh, restrict fast bond every time he brings it up, but you're going to have to bring that up to the council and he's on the council. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a vested interest, man. He, he's like, he's like the Chinese on the UN security council. You can't get anything past him. <laughs> there's, there's a hard veto across the table. Yeah. I mean, you got to let everyone do their, their busted stuff for the, uh, for the first go around. Right. Well, the problem is talking him into playing it. He every time we bring it up at the end of the conversation, he just demurs and it's like, "Nah, I probably won't do that." <laughs> so, Bill, it's too broken. Like, I don't want to do it. I, yeah. do it. I already Bill, brought that combo to. I already brought that combo to EDH when we legalized alliances for one night. So, oh, dig yeah, it. how'd that go? Uh, it was fun, actually. I don't think Moss made it that night. But <laughs> no, that was a bad night in the Moss household, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bad day. <laughs> As I recall, I lost both games, but uh, that combo did do some cool things before they blew it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit's insane. And going back to the, uh, you know, the discussion on restrictions, you know, like I said, we think that it's going to be pretty wide open at the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to take us a long time to coalesce around what strategies are the best, quote unquote. Um so, so we're, well, like, we'll see where it shakes out. I guess so. And a good and a, a reasonable analog is what we do in October when we do our 95 events. You know, when you're only doing it once a year, um, you kind of want to leave it as untouched as you can. So you give people just the kind of most visceral experience of using that expanded set as they can. Plus, honestly, it's just hard to gather enough data if you're only playing it once a year to really make wise decisions. I mean, right. you can kind of theory craft all around it, but you're only playing it once a year. So who really knows? You know, it's like, why spend all this time worrying about one card and then a dozen people show up for your, you know, to play your, your hyper niche format and then like only three people are really abusing it, right? Right. And that's, and I, that's what I ran into in our previous Christmas event. You know, we talked around it, you know, we did some brews and then I decide that I'm going to uh, uh, sort of meta call the, the, the tournament, you know, expecting a bunch of Necro and Stasis and Lantac stuff. And so I make this rug deck with uh, Stormbind and, and Black Vice and I don't see one Ice Age, Homelands or Alliances card until like round four. It's all just like... <laughs> 
the, uh, <laughs> it, it's all white weenie and um, black rack. And yeah. I get, I beat one guy and it was the guy that cracked an ice age starter deck at the beginning of the <laughs> Oh man. So you only beat the guy with the most ice age cards. <laughs> yes. But I was playing several myself. <laughs> We actually and that tournament was famously won by uh, by White Wheat in the world of in the world of Necro and, and Zuranorb, right? Yes, and uh, we've we've taken cues from that, and we're uh, we're gonna we're brewing around that. The control list you mentioned, we're brewing some aggro. We, we've had a uh, archetype down in Nashville here called White Deck Wins for quite uh, quite some time now, and so we're gonna port that over with all the the nice goodies and Alpha Alliances like. Uh, Phyrexian War Beast and uh, Kildorum Outpost. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if Phyrexian War Beast was my first idea of what gets boosted. Man, <laughs> look, definitely what is this, word on this, this might be some insider trading pump and dump type bullshit yeah, right this here. Sounds man. Like, this sounds like the, this sounds like your version of Tracker. <laughs> well, I mean, sounds like his version of Scrib Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike. One, Mr. Petray, I actually bought more than three of these cards. Um, right. To spec. <laughs> but a three, four for three, it's hard to ignore, right? What's what about the, a three, four for two? I'm not playing Varchild's War Riders and you can't make me. Oh, man. But there's some sweet combo with that card, right? It probably um, involves, let's see, there's Pestilence, but then there's like an Ice Age Pestilence that costs one colorless less, and I don't remember the name. Withering Wisps, maybe? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Withering Wisps. So, like, there's Small. something there. High risk, medium <laughs> reward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't think. There is definitely some combo. Damn it. Because I remember playing um, Ice Age Alice, which is just Ice Age Alliances at um, Lobster Con. Uh, last year, and there was I was playing a deck with Varchild's War Riders, and there was some sort of it was a really really cleverly designed deck. God, I can't think of it right now. Oh well, get ball. So, so there was a there was a good element case to your write up, and again, the title of that was Old School in the Time of Ice over at your uh, Music City blog. But there was a good element to that article that I liked, which touched on the aesthetic element yeah. of Ice Age and Alliance cards, but but specifically within that. I really liked how it touched on your the, the player's ability to black border out their deck, um, you know, on a budget. And oh, yes. Could, could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, so um, we, we've kind of talked around it previously. We, we just like the aesthetic so much that Ice Age and Alliances and Homelands, obviously, we can't forget. Um, do, with all due respect. With all due respect. Oh, yeah, please. It was a struggle to pull Homelands cards to showcase <laughs> but no um yeah. we like the aesthetic so much and i think we've grown so familiar with the normal staples like swords plowshares disenchant counterspell those things yeah they're just a lot of money if you want to blackboard them you can get your ce sets um in lieu of beta but at the end of the day you know maybe you want to play with real cards Exactly. That's cold. So cold. Um, yeah, so like it all of the art in Ice Age, no matter who the artist, Ice Age Alliances and Homelands, 
just fits together so incredibly well. It has a yeah, wonderful they're... design language. And like, yeah, who, who is it that did Tracker? Was it Ken? Ken Menges, Menges. Oh, Menges. Yes. So like Menges art just has that feel. Mm-hmm. And it even, it even goes farther into Ice Age and Alliances, like where it started in the dark. Like the dark has this gloomy thing about it. And I don't know what Wizards personnel did the art direction or design or anything in Ice Age Alliances, but um, it just it just it just really hits me in my you know high school reading Lord of the Rings like self. Like that's that it's it's it just it's you know it's just perfect. Yeah, but card- to be able to black border your deck yeah. with, with not only cheap cards, but cards that have unique and good art that are slightly different than what you're used to. Like it, it's almost like your entire deck is a new thing. Because yeah. swords and your disenchants and your counterspells are just new and fresh. I'll tell you which one I love is Shatter, the Brian Wackwitz Shatter. With the yeah. That's a badass card. It's awesome. And then giant growth um, with the red background yeah. and, the, uh, and the dragonfly in the front. Yeah. It pops really well with Berserk too, with the red. It's really cool to hear that you're in this kind of Edenic state of a format where you not only do you have all these um, deck construction ideas, but there's this actual appreciation for the art and the cards itself. It seems like kind of the perfect, you know, convalescence of the two. And I, I, as when you were first describing the format, this idea popped into my head of, um, of being inspired by things that other people have done, right? You play the Scryings format and it's not necessarily about everyone playing Scryings or everyone playing with, you know, these rules or those rules. What's really cool is people getting inspired and coming up with their own takes on things, you know? It means that you're kind of giving credence to the to the thing that you got the idea from, but it's just natural to want to put your own spin on it, which is why I always have kind of chafed against the idea of wanting everything to be homogenized, all one kind of codified rule set. It's really the regionalism and the, and the creativity that, that makes the scene. Oh, yeah. I agree. Plus, as a as a wee man, I didn't even know that there was a, an original printing of IC Manipulator. <laughs> like I just right. thought the Amy Weber IC, I thought that was IC Manipulator. You know, Every, everybody and, just you know had their first experience with the bone crank in middle school and high school. So. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute, they, that card existed before this set. <laughs> I mean, that was Ice Age intent. the The intention of printing Ice Age is to be the new, like. It's quote unquote core set. Like yeah. it, it was gonna fall away everything before that. And so that's why it has like twelve thousand cards in it or whatever. Well, continuing down the Ice Age path, um Carter, you know, as you as you know, because you won it, we we just wrapped up our uh Wow, this podcast has been going really well for me. Oh, yeah, except for the entire <laughs> fucking opening when you fell into a black hole. Oh yeah, that was really bad. But uh, now that our Labor Day, our September uh, action is done, we're kind of turning the turning the page a little bit, looking ahead to October. And I think I'm going to try to organize uh, putting together the um, fall brawl. Call it 2.5 virtual fall brawl. 
together and then run it in more like the, the quarantine cup um, fashion where it's, you know, not, not like an all day Saturday online, but run it as like two pods of four matches or something like that. Yeah. The satisfying thing about 95 has always been this idea that there's like a season of 95, you know, and um, I'm sure we'll, we'll piggyback this, uh, this batch thing into the, into the tournament that you're running right now case, but um, that batch format does kind of extend things out in a fairly pleasurable way where we'll, I think we'll be able to get, we'll, we'll be able to recreate the experiences of meeting up at the, at the bar, like a couple weeks before the fall brawl, you know, and kind yeah. of testing decks and getting excited yeah. about the cards and then kind of culminating with that, with that big tournament. I, me, I, I love the 95 format. So I say, yeah, spread it out as much as you can. Well, plus I'm, I'm just kind of thinking on the fly here, but it's like, if, if we're doing, let's say it's, it's two pods of four, then you just tell everybody you have to use two different deck, two lists. Like it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking like unified or any of that bullshit, but just like encourage people to try a couple different decks throughout the event. And then yeah. like, yeah, if you would, if we do a top four or whatever, you know, pick whichever one you think is the better of the two to battle in the top four, but. Well, that'll let you, that'll let people get out there, like kind of spiky vibes, like, you know, make the best Necro deck or, or Xuronorb or whatever it is. And then it's like, well, you're going to have some leftover cards, leftover ideas. I bet, I bet there's going to be some gnarly ones too. More, at least that's what I will probably do. I mean, unless you wanted to go down the realm of making a unified, you had to have two decks and a unified card list. I don't know. That might be that might be pushing the pushing the dude sweats a little bit too far, though. I don't know. Just have to give them a, a decent uh, advance warning on it, I guess, so people can procure. Because that is the thing about unified; like you do have to give people time to. Yeah, they got to get stuff right. If, if it's seventy-two that it costs to purchase eighty Isaac cards. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Bill? I don't know. I might have to register like creatures that have power or something if I, if I have to build two decks. I never do that. <laughs> I heard the what, Bill, what Bill used a creature. Yeah. What, I, last, what was the last creature you used? You know, actually, I, last year's fall brawl, I had a uh, guardian beast in the sideboard. If okay. Okay. No, I'm not going to count that. What was the last well, creature you used? And you had hippies in there too. Oh, you well, had hippies. The first form, uh, the first event I went to, that split format event, I had Sarah and a couple of dibs in my. Uh, okay, okay. I don't know if I've done that since then, though. That event was a lot of fun. It was, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm trying to think. So how? And that one, you couldn't duplicate cards between the two decks. You what was the other format? Just regular old school. Uh, it was, yeah, there was a 95 deck and there was a regular old school deck, but you okay. couldn't, you couldn't duplicate cards between the two decks. Yeah. So, um, so I was yeah. white, blue, green in 94 and black, red and little splash, splash blue in 95. Black, red in 95 is just, I, I, I'm so excited about this. Well, mine was, yeah, mine was, um, land's edge necropotence. <laughs> I'm excited about that too. Um, I'm excited about 12 bolts personally. <laughs> yeah. Turn off your mind, relax and float downstream type magic right there. <laughs> Just yeah. throw them at them. That's, yeah. the, that's the, camp, the cam wall school of magic is yeah. blind chain turn one. Oh, blind chain. <laughs> the, 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 true, the true cam wall play is turn one, city of brass, 
chain lightning for net two. I have no idea what you're on. And then like, I play like a creature, like, you know, like a, a lion on turn one or something on my turn one. We're going to get to, we're going to get to this, but we do, we do have to give him big ups for that deep run. That was insane. Everyone was so excited as he was just destroying everyone in the Swiss. Everyone was cheering him on. Oh, everyone, everyone was cheering him on too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I imagine him like chariots of fire is playing in the background. He's, he's, he's straining for the finish line and then he just trips on his shoestring and eats, eats pavement right, the, right at the end. He definitely had an enter. I watched his uh, quarterfinals against, uh, oh, they were against you. Yeah, there it was, was me. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Cam, Cam actually did have like an entrance where he like strode into the room on webcam and peeled his shirt off. <laughs> it's not the first time I've seen him do that, by the way. Yeah. Next oh, thing you know, he's next thing you know, he's going to be cut promos before and after the match. <laughs> he'll, he'll break out the steel chair. He'll bash yeah. someone in with the steel chair. I think I actually have heard him say, "Like, why would I play magic with a shirt on?" <laughs> and then cut to all of us in a in a Werby room like eight minutes later none of us was sure none of us have shirts on no that's how you know the quarantine's getting fucking weird yeah that's that's the state that's the last stage of quarantine is of quarantine just, grief is is just not wearing a shirt that makes, ever. That, makes, that makes tons of sense actually it goes from puzzles to baking to not wearing clothes anymore yeah that's where i'm at i'm in the final stage the bottom the bottom layer of hell <laughs> i guess it, i actually put on clothes for this podcast thank you he's lucky us um, so, you know, we were, we were kind of, let's kind of, uh, get this thing, speaking of finish lines pointed toward our own finish line. Um, and, and Carter and case, why don't you set up for us the, uh, the, the, the well, I guess it's the finals now, right? A potential finals match in the uh, Nashville old school SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, all the talk about cam earlier was in the tournament I put on also doing the, uh, two round batch format. Um, just regular straight EC um, called the Summer Slam uh, to be, uh, you know, something to do through our August weekends. Um, so the finals, uh, the, the the normal batch pairings are done. We're in the finals. We took the top eight of the uh, of the top, and it's uh, it's it's your you know. You got your your normal names up there with the Brian Urbano and and Carter and myself. Um, but uh, there we go. But we've also got some uh, newcomers. Uh, a guy named Darren. Uh, he and his buddy Ryan from Singapore uh, are in. Uh, well, Darren's in our Discord, and uh, they joined us. They're they're cool dudes. Um, Singapore feels like sort of a sister club to Nashville and how they do things, but. Um, so it was great. In Singapore. Last. Yeah. It's, it's a couple, it's, it's a few people. I think they have five or six. I don't, I don't know for certain though. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but yeah, Carter, you played, um, I say I played against Ryan Carter. You played against Darren and I had a good time. Oh yeah. I, I played, I played against Ryan too. Um, yeah, I, you know, get myself a morning coffee, you know, they're, I, I think they're 13 hours ahead of us. And yeah, it was a blast. I mean, it was truly an example of, 
you know, social media, discord, whatever you want to call it, being used as this, you know, unifying force. It was just never more apparent that old school connects people than when you're, you know, sitting in your pajamas playing magic against somebody from Singapore. You know, Singapore. Exactly. Same. That's, and that's kind of what I wanted the tournament to be like. It's since we didn't have bootleggers this year, I, I really wanted to just do something for like the hometown crowd, which, you know, you guys are obviously um, uh, part of, you know, and we invited Cam too. Um, I mean, yeah. you have to. Every tournament is better with with. Well, yeah, normally it's so you can add your win rate, except for. <laughs> oh come on, man! <laughs> off the top <laughs> rope, she hauls <laughs> off, gets a wild hair, and starts winning. Yeah, he's playing this really cool deck. Doesn't he, he know the script? Right. Um, he he took uh, a a pretty a pretty good Wonderbread list uh, with Black Vices and Burn and all that. And uh, as I said, made it worse. Um, and then a ketchup sandwich, right? And then just skyrockets to second place in the Swiss. And I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome! Um, so the top eight happens, and uh, uh, I knock him out immediately. Um, well, if we could, really quick, <laughs> speaking of speaking of insane deck choices, Urbano's shops list for this tournament i could not help but feel personally attacked <laughs> i saw this man's list it's, remind me does, despite me running the thing i actually don't know what his list is yeah what was in it okay so it's it's urbano he's playing workshops of course he's just the 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 absolute you know mad scientist of workshops so in this list you know there's there's familiar stuff right there's all eight of the you know or, or i will say all 12 of the colorless lands trikes suchis copies but he's going deeper he's playing main deck sage of latinam yes and here's here's where we truly go off the rails and into the mind of a man who clearly just has it out for me Four copies of Psychic Purge, main. Oh, yes. Four copies of, I don't even know how to pronounce this card, Aeoli Pile. Yeah. Main. Oh, what? So if you're trying to shore it up against Argothian Pixie specifically, <laughs> you've got eight <laughs> cards in your workshop deck. Aeoli Pile can't kill Pixie, so. I was, I was looking at this little. Oh, I think we lost him. I think I dropped too much boss logic on him. Halo <laughs> <laughs> pile doesn't kill your pixies, though. It does. Pixies yeah. only prevent creature damage. Oh, shit. Artifact creature damage. Damn. Shows that I know. Yeah. Damn. Reverse it's, pinfall. I know, right? It's, thanks, it's thanks for waiting to drop the list. It's just like such such a innovative take of like okay here's like a weakness that I think my deck has here's how I shore it up. What about the abyss, man? You know he's got he's got the abyss. He's got all that stuff too. I was agonizing uh, looking at his list because we're all we're doing open deck lists for the top eight, and I was like, oh my god, if I have to play against Bono, do I seriously cut all my X ones against him and just like board in three serendibs and hope that all those cards become blanks and like 
sort of liabilities. I don't know. I was just like banging my head against a wall trying to figure it out. And then you didn't have to worry about it. And then, yeah, th- there was, yeah, a bit of, a bit of an upset, Mr. Mr. Bergoa. Um, but yeah, we, the, the we, greater Bergoa, in fact, uh, there were two Bergoas in this, in this. Tournament. Yeah, man, I watched, I watched Meatball battling Josh today and, and he was like just sitting there with like one, like two lands or like one land. I think it was like one factory and nothing else to even activate it and play. And Carter's got like a factory and uh, an ATOG and maybe a pixie or something else. I'm just like, Jesus, this dude's dead. Oh, look how, you, how you've massacred my boy. Yeah. Yeah. His, his deck was way cooler than mine. Way, 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 way cooler. He was playing like, what Wormwood Tree Folk and Stang and like Bergoa is always on some berserk stew, uh, both as as an adjective and also the card that's involved in hopefully winning. But um, yeah, right, it's his he's he's got a thing and he goes deep on it. It's awesome. Yeah, he had if Biff. Yes, it's uh, it's a cool list. I played him with it. Turns out Spirit Link's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the, boys. the narrative that happened was the, the two brothers, the two Burgoa brothers going at it in the in the finals of this tournament. That would have been just like the absolute perfect summation. It would have, but you can't let that happen. And I'm trying not to let, you know, Brandon Burgoa advance to the finals as well because I need to win my own event. That's not happened before. <laughs> I must now. I have that taste. Yeah, I actually don't like my matchup against White Weenie, so I, so I would rather do that. <laughs> but um, needless to say, um, thanks for for all the effort that you've put in as uh, as TO for this thing. I know, you know, even even if you're not walking around like a brewery or whatever, barking at people, telling them where to sit, um, it's still a ton of a ton of work, and so you know everyone who's organized something via via Discord or, or Skype or Facebook or whatever. Just you guys, you guys have really been making it happen. I mean, old school. It still feels is like so active, right? Despite this lockdown, it's like you can't fucking stop old school. People still want to play all the time. Lobster com is 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 coming up next, and it's just like I don't know. It's really cool to see. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, I got to do something with my Saturdays. Good that people are enjoying it. <laughs> and, and I hope that more people enjoy the uh, Alpha Alliances thing. Maybe we'll do yeah, something uh, like that in the future. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to brew, man. Yeah. Um, any parting thoughts, Bill? Any parting thoughts? No, nothing here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good to catch up, dude. Been a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Case, thanks for joining us, beaming in from Music City. Thank you for having me on, and I'll just say it's uh, it's been a pleasure, and I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning Rush yet. <laughs> oh yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so give us give us a choice choice Rush cut. Give us a deep cut for um for our for our viewers. Oh, a deep cut. I mean, it's it's got to be the Exit Stage Left DVD version of By Tour and Snow Dog. Just getting just rips it the whole time. It's 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 a 
it's a, he puts on a clinic in how to play a six minute song in four. I thought I was a big Rush fan <clears throat> case. And then I met you and I was humbled. It was, it was a good, it was an interesting <laughs> feeling. Cause I, I seriously, before, until I'd met you, I'd never met anybody that knew more about and was a bigger nerd for Rush than I am. Well, there's always somebody out there weirder than you are. <laughs> there is always a greater power. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Carter, you know, I'll, I'll see you on Friday, baby. You better start stretching now. Oh, shit, after, dude, my legs are hurting already. After that 2-0 you put on me last weekend, I'm, I'm going to put a 2-0 on you on Friday. Oh, no. I shouldn't have done it. I knew it would come back and bite yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be going just a little bit more, running a little bit more swiftly on Friday. Oh, this is not good news. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm going to hit the end record button. Thanks again. And we will talk to you again sometime soon. Bye.